Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? The following is a breaking hot take from the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. Hey, kids, welcome to a... Oh, stop it. Are you throwing up gang signs? Like, I'm not even 10 seconds into my intro, and are you seriously throwing up the... Like, are we going to do it? Like, put it on MySpace, do that kind of whole deal? It's three, two, one, go. I was just trying to give you a countdown, sir. Good grief. Well, folks, in case Game you haven't, signs. in case you haven't noticed, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I was having flashbacks to Robert Downey and the original Iron Man, you know, back when Marvel was still good and stuff. But, but anyway, folks, in case you haven't noticed uh, this episode of the Dudes in Hyperspace going a little bit differently for technical reasons. And because, frankly, we just thought it would be fun to mix things up a little bit. The platform that we usually record with is uh, seems to be having issues this evening. So we're flipping back to the old Zoom, which means you get the perk. Use uh, the, those of you on YouTube anyway, get the perk of seeing our lovely faces, which as you know, by now you have probably figured out that this is not my usual cast and crew of characters. And we're going to take you back in time tonight, folks. Welcome to the first ever generation of the Dudes in Hyperspace cast. I am Ian J. Malone, joined, as I was for quite some time, by my good friends Dave Daniels. Say hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. And Scott Esther. Say hi, Scott Esther. How's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> well, we I kind of knew way back, guys, um, when Kenobi dropped, for those of you who listen to this show, you know that's been a, a subject that, that I in particular, I've been looking very much forward to seeing um, more so than probably most stuff coming out of Disney, Disneyland, Star Wars era. Uh, well, it's out now. And I knew I wanted to record a standalone episode on that. I also knew that this month marks three years of the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. So who better to go back and celebrate that anniversary with than the original pair of guys who helped me get this show started, talking about one of our favorite topics between the three of us that we've always enjoyed discussing. Go back and listen to the early episode. Star Wars was everywhere, and it's because we've been fans of this franchise for as long as we could walk, pretty much. So Kenobi just wrapped last night. We've had the opportunity to see the finale digest the finale, think about the finale, and we are here with thoughts. Before we get started on that, though, I do want to say thanks to our sponsors. That's, of course, Chris Kennedy Publishing. doesn't matter what you're into, folks. If it's military, sci-fi, space opera, urban fantasy, even books about the craft, they've got it all for you. Go check them out at chriskennedypublishing.com. While you're there, sign up for their newsletter, get a free email, learn about their books, their series. We got budget books coming out just about every week, guys. So while times are tough, we got free books. We got dollar books. We're here to keep you entertained on the cheap because, frankly, a whole lot of people need that right now. Other sponsor I want to say thanks to is the International Association of Science Fiction and Fantasy Authors. If you're a writer or a reader, go check them out at IASFA.org. They have got community for the writers and they got free books for the readers. Can't ever go wrong with that either. Love those folks at IASFA. Sorry, boys. Well, the, the homework and the, the bill paying is out of the way. Let's get down to discussing why we're here. Well, it, it sounds to me like gas is up, but books are down. So that's a good thing, right? Uh, gas is up and, and books have kind of stayed right where they're at, I think, which is a good thing, which is a good thing for, for those of us who sell those books. And for, uh, and for those people that drive. And for those people that drive. It's very true. So, uh, yeah, God, gas. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Let's stick with Star Wars and Kenobi, shall we? This will go downhill fast if we if we go down that rabbit hole. All right, so Kenobi wrapped last night. I assume everybody's had a chance to see it. Yes, Scott, I know you correct. saw it. Dave, you've that seen is it. Correct. Okay, that is uh, correct, Dave, I'm going to start with you. I want A to F. Give me your overall grade for the show, and then bird's eye view. First impressions, having just watched the finale last night. 
What'd you think? We're going to get into the things that we really liked, things we didn't like, all that jazz shortly. But let's just start from the top. Grade and bird's eye view. Go. Uh, I'll give it a B. Okay. Give it a B. Uh, I think that overall, uh, it was a good show. Obviously, it wasn't perfect. Uh, but I think that it did some decent storytelling. I think it did a few things that I enjoyed. It it, it punched a couple of holes in some things. But I think overall, uh, overall, it was a good show. Scott, how about you? I had it uh, hovering right around a B minus. Okay. Um, just uh, just the overall, um, you know, the same kind of sentiments. Enter- entertaining. Uh, looked forward to it every week. There wasn't a, a time where I was like, man, I, don't, I really don't, you know, really don't want to check out the next episode or, you know, I'll wait a couple of days. You know, I was into it one day, wanted to see the next one, but uh, yeah, overall entertaining. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be the naysayer and I'm going to give it a C just a good old right down the middle, butt ass average C, um, which C's really get degrees, sir. C's get degrees. C's do get degrees, but they don't make for memorable television, particularly in star Wars. You know, I, I said, Coming into this on the show, I said coming into this with with other friends of mine, other writer friends, what this show did not need to be under any circumstances was just another Star Wars run and chase the droid, shoot them up. You know, we, we're going to give you five stretches of dialogue and then we're going to be right back into another action scene, chase the thing, run the thing. You know, th- this did not need to be that. A Boba Fett show can be that. All right. Give me, give me a little bit of backstory. Let's blow some crap up. That's what he's there to do. This did not need to be that. And I think that's exactly what we got, which is why I'm only giving it a C and they're lucky. I'm even going to give them that. So Scott, I'm going to start with you on my next question, man. Let's, let's go ahead and get into the weeds. We'll start with the bad news. What didn't you like about Kenobi? Um, so I guess to start off, it was, um, they, they had to, they had to have a reason to connect Leia to Obi Wan, other than passing, you know, other than the or, Organas. Uh, she had to know him on some level, and the Organas were not going to give up Obi Wan just willingly pass that information over. So how does that connection get made? Um, the kidnapping, chase scene to the other planet, all that kind of stuff that. I wasn't thrilled by it. It, it kind of was a, a rinse and repeat of the storylines that we've seen before. Yep. Um, you know, we've got the, um, all right, well, you know, they're captured. We've got inept stormtroopers coming after them. We've got uh, inquisitors that come right up against it, but don't quite get there. Uh, skip away uh, type situation. And then the, the, the rescue portion of it inside the inquisitors HQ uh, classic star Wars, Mm-hmm. zero security among the empire amongst their most important pieces of real estate right. in the universe. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, the, the last minute, you know, we've got you pinned uh, starship comes in. Uh, oh, by the way, spoilers for anybody who has not seen this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're going mad spoilers. If you haven't seen Kenobi, you don't need to watch this just yeah. yet. Come back. So then, uh, if you do the, come uh, back, please like the videos and subscribe to the channel. I would add yes. that. Just wait to do that until after you've seen the actual finale. So those, those were the, uh, that, that was the part of it that, that kind of lost me. You know, I, you know, 
I felt like they could have done a better job of uh, finding a way to connect Leia to, to Obi-Wan other than that, you know, sort of that, like I said, the rinse and repeat storyline that they've yeah. done. And, and if you've watched the cartoons and you've watched, you know, all the other, other things, it was, it was very much, um, they followed the plan. Yeah. So. Yes, they did. Dave, how about you, man? What didn't you like about it? Why didn't this thing get an A in your mind? I feel like uh, they tried to make a 10 year old Leia much older by just forcing dialogue. Yeah. You yeah, got, you got some very grown up stuff and then they've got a, a grown person chasing a 10 year old in basically open space when they're trying to contact her. And dude looks like he's running in slow motion on purpose, trying to catch her. Yeah. Like I just, I felt like they extremely tried to force every single bit of that with her to try and make her mimic what we knew Leia was going to be. Yeah. And I felt, unfortunately, I, I, there were times during that, that, and I think the little girl did everything they asked her to do. And I think actually she did a, a pretty good job overall with what they asked her to do. Yep. I just, I just really felt like that they, they tried to force some stuff with that, that they really just didn't need to do. And it took yep. me out of it. Uh, you and you said this to me via text very early on, early on in the series, and I totally agree with it. They really should, if they, if they wanted her to be that involved in the story, they really should have cast a girl who was like 13, 14 years old. That's yep. that's really what they needed to do. I would argue that they barely needed her at all. I think 10 year old Leia was fine for the first episode. That was the yep. perfect lure to get him out of hiding, and then she needed to be gone. But um, but they felt that Kid Leia would sell more toys and bring in more youngster eyeballs. And so that's what we got, because that's the Disney way, man. You know, Scott alluded to it earlier. It's all about the formula now. That's Mm -hmm. that's as clear as can be, whether it's Marvel or whether it's Star Wars. Here's the template. Here's the playbook. Here are the tropes. Here's what we're going to do. It's like watching WWE now, man. Like you've seen every one of those wrestlers before. (laughs) You've seen the gimmicks. You've seen the styles. You've seen the promos. You've been there. You've done that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in there with you as well. There was a lot more about this show that I didn't like beside kid Leia. I'll start there for a lot of the same reasons that Dave just mentioned. I felt like she was just, she, a lot of, a lot of what they gave her should have gone to an older kid and it didn't, I didn't buy her delivering those lines and, and coming up with those ideas. I also frankly just didn't think she needed to be in the dadgum show, you know, and, and my biggest argument with this show was for a year, Two years, even we have been sold. This is it. This is, this is Kenobi. This is Vader. This is what the conflict at the end of Revenge of the Sith did not do for you. We're, we're going to write that wrong. Was pretty much the message. Like they didn't say that, but that was pretty much it. We're we're going to give it to you this time. We're going to bring the goods. And I that I got everything but that. Like when you look down six hours of programming, I know this originally was conceived as a movie way back when, and then they pivoted to a Disney plus show. And I was really excited about that because I thought, okay, they're really going to develop the story. Now you got, you know, anywhere from four hours, 45 minutes to six hours, depending on how long your episodes are to tell this story. That's going to make for some really compelling stuff. And it didn't, you could have told this entire story in a two hour movie and not lost a thing with regard to Vader and, and Obi-Wan. And I think that's the biggest travesty of it all. You know, the other thing I just, that just really put me off on this show was they wasted so much time on storylines that I just didn't give a crap about. Again, I was there for Vader. I was there for Kenobi. I was not there for yet another redemption story with third sister. 
who speaking of wrestlers, I thought for the first three episodes, I was like, to be sure they swiped the shit from WWE, like with her acting ability being what it is, like she has got to be a wrestler somewhere. And they brought her in because she could fight like that's got to be it because they sure didn't bring her in for her acting chops. So yeah. I didn't buy her from the jump anyway, but I also just didn't care about her story. Kid Leia was another one. I didn't care. I don't need to see how Leia becomes Leia. I don't need to see what drives her and how she gets the holster. Okay. I also didn't need yet another birth of the rebellion story, which is basically what this is. We got that for five great years in star Wars rebels. Also got that in rogue one. I don't need that. I was here for Kenobi versus Vader. And I feel like that was an afterthought compared to all the other crap that they wanted to plug into this six episode arc. And I mean, to sum it all up, I, I, and I told Natalie this, it's like when you've been promised that you're going to get an awesome juicy steak dinner on Friday night when you get off work, right? And you're, you're salivating, man. It's going to be a beautiful 16 ounce ribeye with perfect marbling, cooked to perfection medium with some pink in the middle, seasoned right. You're going to get yourself a good quality loaded baked potato, maybe a little salad, maybe a little bit of vegetables on the side, ice cold beer. But the, the signature piece is that beautiful cut of meat that you're going to sink your teeth into and it's going to melt in your mouth. And then you show up at the restaurant on Friday night and you get this little like four ounce sirloin with some French fries and a salad and a Coke. And it's like, I got nothing against French fries and salad, but that's not why I came here. I came here for steak and you gave me all this other stuff and, and you didn't really give me that. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that was kind of how I felt about this story by the time I got to the end of it. And you could nutshell all that down with the big duel in the final episode. You know, you got a few, few frames of Kenobi fighting Vader and then we got a slice to Tatooine. Because apparently the third sister flies the fastest ship of all time. And she like basically clicked her heels together and was on Tatooine, mortally wounded, no less. You know, but we've got to cut back and forth to her chasing Luke. And we all know there's nothing coming to that. Luke clearly survives. You already know she's not going to do it. She's a former Padawan. Like she's going to turn to the light and find redemption and all that and find remorse. That's everybody saw that coming a mile away. And yet they can, they insisted on cutting away from the one scene that we've all been waiting for, for a year to show you that pointless storyline. Luke, Luke makes it out of this episode. Like he goes on from here. There's a whole story involving a guy named Luke Skywalker. I know it blows your mind. Doesn't it? Why yeah. has no one told me this yet? Uh, <laughs> <sighs> so that, I, I mean, I felt, the, I felt the same way watching, uh, watching each of the episodes. It was like, well, I know where this ends. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so show me the reason that, you know, Vader again was the most feared villain right. in the entire universe. Oh, show me, when, show when me my man gets how... off the ship and starts snapping necks to lure yeah. Kenobi yeah. out. I was like, all right, that's yeah. that's Vader. That we, we was extremely taste, well done. Yeah, we got a taste we, of it at the end of Rogue One. Yeah, um, you know, and I was like, okay, this is this is it. That was you know that was the epitome of like, oh yeah, this this dude is bad. Yeah, and then we saw it again a little bit here, but I I, I just want I wanted more of that. Yeah. You know, the, 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 I, I, we for so long he was such a mystery. Yeah, and then we didn't see any of it. Um, and I, I mean, unless you're you're uh, on the comic book side of it, which I wasn't growing up, I didn't didn't read those. Um, None of that is canon you know. anymore, anyway. Right, yeah. because so Disney so now, threw all that now, out. Now you've got to shift to like, well, well, why is this dude the bad dude? Yeah, why is he the big bad? Um, and so we got to see a little bit of that in in those fights. Um, you know he. You know, he's grabbing Star Destroyers, he's pulling them to the ground, uh, or he, Starship pulling them to the ground, he's ripping them open like a can opener, 
you know, those types of things, the, the fight scenes with, with, with Riva, um, I thought was pretty impressive the way that he, you know, manipulated the force to, to, you know, put her in her place fairly easily. And then, yeah. you know, the end scene with Obi-Wan was, um, was great, but I could have used a little more of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it, which begs the question, why did you need to bring Hayden Christensen back for this? I mean, you got, you basically got two scenes that you needed him for the one flashback, which was spectacular. And what I wouldn't have given to, to have gotten at least two or three more of those. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the scene when he's been beat all to hell on the, the moon or wherever it is that they're fighting. And, and you can see his face, pieces of his face, very a la Star Wars Rebels. When he faced mm-hmm. off against mm-hmm. Ahsoka, you see, you know, you see part of his face through the through the mask side, by the way, though, I will give the, the showrunners credit or the, the tech people credit the way they screwed with his voice to -hmm. make it sound like it was glitching in and out of the Vader voice between Anakin's voice and Vader's voice. That was cool. Like it made him sound like Frankenstein's monster kind of deal. Very cool. You got a quick throwback there. You got a quick throwback there too, to the original sound. And if you look back at it, I saw an article that talked about it a little bit where the original sound that was made when his mask came off on the yep. second Death Star is yep. the same sound they gave when his when his uh, breathing apparatus was damaged on here as well. Yep. So it's yeah, I caught definitely that some good throwback stuff. Very cool. Well, and I mean, Disney's great at nostalgia. You know, they, they've given you plenty of that, whether it was Force Awakens or whatever, like they do nostalgia very well. It's the original stuff that they seem to have a problem with. Like I'm, yeah. I am kind of hitting that point with Star Wars Disney that if Favreau and Filoni are not directly attached, I don't really know if I want to give it much time. You know, that, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with that. But well, it begs the question, you know, well, where does it go from here? You know, you're going to get a series that nobody wants or cares about later on this year called Ander, which is the um, the uh, the pirate guy from Rogue One that has yes. uh, the droid yeah. with Alan Tudyk. Like we're going to mm-hmm. find out why he, you know, gets away from smuggling and turns to the light redemption story, how novel in Star Wars um, and, and set before the, you know, the rise of the rebellion. So basically it's a rehash of a whole bunch of crap you've already seen. I'm probably not going to watch it. Um, and then later next year, you get Mandalorian season three and Ahsoka. And then there's a bunch of right. other stuff that's on the docket to come out after that. But we'll see how far along the line that progresses. But those are the ones that you're looking at. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I and I'm I'm going to beat this drum all night. I told <laughs> I told a buddy of mine at uh, at, at Pensacon. Yeah, it was Pensacon. Uh, me and another writer friend of mine went out for dinner and we were we were talking about this because he's our age. And so he grew up on Star Wars, too. And we were talking about Kenobi and he's like, well, how would you write it? And I said, honestly, man, this will probably be the, the lowest action Star Wars series that people have ever seen. Like I'm spending, did you guys watch lost or arrow either, either one of those shows? Okay. Well, in in either one of those shows, you basically had two storylines going on. You had the flashback storyline and then you had the current event storyline. I would have done that. That's the approach I would have taken with this show. I would have had half the story being told back in the clone wars, reminding viewers and audiences why these guys were so tight. You know, showing them at their best mm-hmm. when they were fighting together, bleeding together, sweating together, you know, brothers in arms, that that whole deal. I would have really stressed that because the goal is by the time you get to that duel at the end of the final episode, I want viewers to be absolutely miserable that it came to this. Like it should have never come to this with these two. And yet here we are and really make the audience feel the weight of that. 
we didn't do any of that here. There was yeah. no time yeah. given to that whatsoever. There was a part of me that even during the the finale where they were, uh, I was like, you know, is is Obi Wan going to say we were brothers, Anakin? Back to the you know episode three, yeah. you know, as they're standing there, um, and I and I honestly thought that Vader was going to say something about I uh, now I have the high ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, at at one point I was like, it, it, they were leading it up to that point, and so it it, it felt like they could have they could have pushed it a little bit further. Um, I I will say I did think that that scene when he's got him and he's just beat him was probably the best writing of the show for me. And Mm -hmm. and it was, and and I'll dovetail now into what we liked about the show. Two words, Ewan McGregor, you know, most fans agree that Ewan McGregor was far and away the best thing about the prequel films. Yes. He was by far the best thing about this show. And when he tears up at the end of that scene, I thought, man, way to turn chicken crap into chicken salad, my man. <laughs> like that is beautiful. Like you really, you could see it all over his face and in his tone that he just, the all those years of grief and of, of remorse for the way things went down just hit him like a ton of bricks. And he finally had the opportunity to tell his, his best friend, I'm so sorry for what happened, for all of it. I'm so sorry. And then they gave Christensen some really good lines mixed with some great makeup and some great effects. And you got what you got. So that I was really happy with. I just, I wanted more of that relationship and that dynamic. And they wasted our freaking time with third sister inquisitors and kid Leia. Well, I think they could have probably put in some of the inquisitor stuff, but the honest answer is, is like you've said, the relationship between the two, if you've read some of the Vader comics that came out when Disney first took over, there was a huge dynamic between the emperor and Vader where the emperor is constantly testing him. The emperor is constantly pushing him and basically breaking what's left of Anakin Skywalker. Right. So that he becomes what that is. And I think that you can use a storyline that way where you have, we saw the emperor at the very end. Why not take the opportunity since you already have him there to make him part of that storyline, make it to where Anakin still Vader's still trying to figure some of this out. And he's completely over on the other side, but you get some of that back and forth. And if you get a lot more of that, I I don't, I don't know that anybody's going to have anything better to say about what we liked about the show other than you and McGregor. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I there were parts of it that I enjoyed. I mean, the nostalgia part of it, you hit those buttons the right way. The fact that he calls him Darth instead of Darth Vader at the end yep. of the show if you look at the end of it where he splits that helmet and again this is some of the stuff that i've gleaned from looking at some stuff online but if you remember when they take the helmet off he's got scarring on the mm-hmm. top of his head right where that thing hit yeah so it's all of that that takes you back into it that's how they keep pulling us back in but you you're, you you hit it on the head with that many hours to be able to spend I think you can take the Inquisitors because the Inquisitors were under Vader in, in the comics, and Vader is t- is telling them to go find them. This is what's going on. Your your redemption story, if you have to tell it, is Vader. Yeah, That's them trying yeah. to figure everything out. You get teased with it. You know where it's going to go for the most part because, honestly, if you look at it, it ends with him being redeemed, but it's not until episode six. Right. It's just a continuation of that and the little seeds that are planted and what happens between the two. Um, you know, watching you and McGregor struggle with being a broken man and trying to find himself again was awesome. Yes. But that was it. Uh, all the rest of that and the other things they did with the callbacks are just things that they do because that's how they keep suckering us back in. 
I love Jimmy Smith's. I'm, I'm a big Jimmy Smith's guy. Just about anything he's in, I think that guy's a rock star. So bringing him back, uh, I really, I, I'm always a fan of seeing him on screen. But I also really appreciated the the relationship that they showed you there, albeit briefly, between him and Leia and, and him being her adopted father. You know, I, I think that when you look back on her time in A New Hope, when she watches Alderaan get blown away, I, we never really saw any of that. Like we saw her get adopted. Okay. She's got adopted parents who loved her and gave her a childhood. And that's why she's sad. This really got to show her in that element. And it really showed you her relationship with those people. And so, you know, now when you watch a new hope, I think, all right, well, maybe that that's got a little bit more weight to it. But again, it, it starts with Jimmy Smith's being just an awesome actor and really giving you some warmth to those scenes that I think really delivered. So, Scott, you got anything to add? Yeah, I think uh, we've touched on a lot of it. It's, um, you know, wish they just would have been able to flesh it out a little bit more um, and, and maybe pulled in the reason that, you know, Obi-Wan was always the one that cared the most about the people around him, never wanted to see anyone get hurt. Um, and he's, you know, cutting up meat in a factory, you know, when we find him on Tatooine. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, I would have liked to have seen him do a, a little bit more uh, protecting of the innocent on the planet, which probably drew the ire of the Inquisitors to begin with right. uh, versus how they, um, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we think there's some force sensitive people here. So we're going to show up. Right. You know, <laughs> it would have been it would have been good for them to have <laughs> to have more of a reason to, to show up on Tatooine to say, I think there's something strange going on here because there's this one guy who's the, one of the best Jedi's left on the, in the universe doing right. some cool stuff here on this planet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do kind of want to jump back to something that Dave touched on uh, just a second ago, you know, using, um, uh, you know, using the, the emperor a bit more, he was just a little bit cameo and that was it. Qui-Gon Jinn, another one, you know, I, I really felt like, and I know it's going to be cliche as hell, but uh, I, I'm going to go with it anyway. I felt like at some point, man, you needed the Rocky power up scene. Like I wanted to see, you know, once you got to about episode four, I was like, okay, I want to see my man save the day. All right. We rescued baby Leia from the, the inquisitorious fortress of someone, something, something, something or another. Um, my man needs to get home now, find himself a place where he can be quiet and think it's time to medic, uh, meditate. It's time to train. And that is the point when I need Qui-Gon to make his appearance. Like when Obi-Wan is at his most vulnerable, having just had his butt handed to him by Vader. Now I need him to really be able to focus and dial in. And I would have loved to have seen Qui-Gon Jinn, rather than just being an afterthought in the final frame of the show, be that mentor one more time who helps him get to that, you know, start down that path to being the Jedi that we see in season five of Star Wars Rebels. Because when you see him go up against Maul, my man is so in tune with the force. It's a stroke and he cuts him down. Like he is a bona fide badass at that point. Mm -hmm. Let's start to see the, the beginnings and the genesis of that here. And I think Qui-Gon Jinn would have been a great way to, to kickstart that process. You know, and he trains. We have a good sequence there where he's out in the desert, swinging the lightsaber, getting back into form, knocking off the rust. And then it's time to load up in the ship and go handle business against Vader. Like give me the buildup to the big showdown. 
But again, it's just action, 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 run, 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 chase the ball, chase the girl, chase the droid. Ah, and here we are. <laughs> so anyway, so I will, uh, I got one last question on the docket and this will, will start to kind of round us out from the night. Before I get to that though, I did not ask you guys arguably the most important question of the night. What in the world are you drinking this evening? Dave? Um, nothing. <laughs> I didn't bring anything in with me when I came in and sat down. I apologize. I, I came in from dinner real quick. Uh, Chipmunk was not on the menu this evening. Uh, because of that, I had to run around and get some stuff. Uh, so when I get done here, uh, I have a few things that I could choose from. Uh, I actually got as a, a birthday gift, a very nice bourbon, uh, Florida select. Uh, it's a whiskey, not a bourbon, uh, a very, a very nice wh- a Florida select. From, from Mr. Malone, I uh, may partake in that. I've got some house guests. We may just impress and find something else. But right now, nothing. I have some water in my system because of how hot it is right now in Florida. No joke, man. <laughs> 104 here. Scott, how about you, man? What are you sipping uh, on this evening? I've got a small batch, uh, 1792. Ooh. Okay. Good stuff. Bourbon. All righty. Delicious. While uh, I am on the, the Buffalo Trace wagon, by the way. So thanks to my buddy. <laughs> thanks to my, my buddy. He, if he's listening to this, he knows who he is for the for the hookup on that. Got a friend down here who runs the liquor wagon around North Florida. So anytime <laughs> I need something special, he uh, he, he gets on it for me. These but, are real um, friends, sir. These are real friends. He, he is a real the liquor wagon, indeed, sir. The liquor <laughs> wagon. He is a good dude. Um, but anyway, but yeah, so, uh, I'm, I'm on the Buffalo trace round this evening. So, uh, never, never goes wrong with that, but all right. Last question that I did have for you guys, there is talk of, uh, of a season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Scott, I'll start with you. Do you want it? Do you care? Or do you want them just to, to let sleeping dogs lie from here? I, I don't know what more outside of Vader's escapades between now and a new hope that we need to see. Yep. Um, he becomes a hermit, um, goes out into the desert, and um, you know. So we're, you know, Luke is ten. So we're it we're to ages leave terribly next, apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> the next nine years, man. My man is uh, that Tatooine sun boy. It's it's Woo-hoo. brutal, brutal. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I don't know that there's anything that there's any more stories to tell unless. Right. You know, there are, you know, a connect, is it, there's a connection to uh, Qui-Gon that allows him to stay connected to the Force with other Force-sensitive people. We know Ahsoka is still out there. Right. Uh, there's, there's some other things in play that, uh, that Kenobi has had his hands in in the past that, you know, they could pick some storylines there. But um, I, don't, I don't know that I need another six hours of it. Speaking of Ahsoka, um, that could be interesting. Dave Filoni is the man behind that show, as he should mm-hmm. be, because he's the one who created that character. Uh, we know that's going to be set Mandalorian era, so that's about five years after Return of the Jedi. There is no Vader, and yet Hayden Christensen has been confirmed to return in some form in that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got anything you want to see out of that? Um. I don't know. I thought Clone Wars did a really good job of uh, showing the relationship between those two. And then even the, 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 it's not really a reboot, but the extra seasons that they tacked on recently uh, went much deeper into that. And yep. um, so, so I'm not sure. Um, I'd like to be surprised that there are some, uh, some creative folks out there that could put some stories together that, um, that are, uh, that make sense and um, are entertaining, but I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what they're, you know, what's going on with, uh, with that. Yeah. 
Dave, how about you, man? Do you want or need an Obi-Wan season two? Uh, if so, what what would you want to see out of that? And then what are your thoughts looking ahead to Ahsoka? Hayden Christian is going to be back. Uh, Dave Filoni is going to be running the whole thing. What do you want out of that? If anything. Look, look here, Lucasfilm people. Look here, right here. See this? See this right here? Right here? Right here? <laughs> Take the name Skywalker out of it. Yeah. If you're going to do something with Obi-Wan, now it just needs to be Obi-Wan's story. Yeah. Uh, I think Ahsoka is going to be good just because it's got Filoni in it. Whatever they end up doing with Hayden Christensen is great. But here's what I'm going to say to you as my final. This is it. Think about this for a minute. You have to get a Vader series out before something happens to James Earl Jones. Yeah. You have all this comic book stuff you can put together of the things that he went through and you can show him doing all the things that Vader does and flesh out that story. And it's what everybody wants. But if you do it, after James Earl Jones, something happens to him, whether it be that he passes or that just something happens and that voice isn't available, we yep. will all collectively slap you in the head. True enough. Now, I, I don't need an Obi-Wan series, uh, a, a season two. You had one shot. All right. You gave me your six episodes. I got what I got. Uh, I'm not in love with it. I might go back and watch it again at some point down the line. Um you know, it's, it's going to be a while. I'm going to unplug from Disney Plus for a while, by the way. There's nothing on the horizon that's coming that I'm like, you know what? I really, really want to watch that. The last few original series that they put out have been fairly underwhelming to me. Um, I mean, nothing has grabbed me. Loki didn't grab me. Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't grab me. Um, I mean, it's just this none of the Star Wars stuff has really grabbed me. Really, with the exception of the last season of Clone Wars that Scott talked about, I, I didn't need a Bad Bat series. Didn't care. Um, didn't, yeah. didn't watch that one. Um, I don't care about the Andor series. I'm going to punt until 2023 and see what happens with Mandalorian season three. And we'll call it a day on that. Maybe after I've had some time to get away from it for a while, I'll go back and rewatch this. But, you know, as it stands now, 24 hours after watching the finale, I don't need more of this. I'm, I'm with, with both of these guys when they say, let my man go be a hermit on Tatooine and let's call it a day, get in the sun, get some gray hair on you and let's become Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, with regard to the Ahsoka series, again, man, give me some good quality flashbacks. You know, I, I want to see some live action stuff of those two, Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano together back to back. If you want to bring them back in as a force ghost, that's fine, but give them a role, give them a presence. Mm -hmm. You know, that is, if you were to do that, I do think that is one version of Anakin Skywalker that we've never seen the Anakin Skywalker who, who made it through Vader you know, who, who, who survived it, came back, has all that knowledge, all that insight, all that wisdom. Let's see what that Anakin Skywalker is like now uh, as, as a force ghost. That could be cool if written well, but mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not holding my breath on any of this, this stuff anymore. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder with, uh, with some of the cameos, obviously Qui-Gon and those, those types of things. You've got Ewan McGregor. Uh, Hayden Christensen, you've got all these these folks that you brought in and you filmed six episodes worth of Obi-Wan. Yeah. What other nuggets did they film that are going to get sprinkled in down the line? Yeah. That's you know, those are the, the you know, those are the things that um I'm kind of waiting for that for that shoe to drop uh and, and that type of thing. So we'll say one good thing to come out of this. Nice to see a guy like Hayden Christensen get his due. I think it was very mm -hmm. easy to saddle him with a lot of the failures that were the prequels in the minds of a lot of fans. 
And I think as we've all had time to grow up a little bit and learn more about how movies are made and stories are written and Hollywood does things, he learned that he was just a guy taking his cues. All right. What do you what are you supposed to say when George Lucas calls you and says, I want you to be Anakin Skywalker? You don't you don't not take that call. So, you know, the, the yeah. dialogue shortfalls, and all, partner, we're doing this, right. All of that. You know I mean? I don't, I don't think that was on him. I think the kid did the best he could and he was young back then. So, you know, fast forward to, to now it's nice to see him getting such a warm reception from star Wars fans, because I think the guy earned it. And, uh, and then, and that's cool. I, again, I hope they go on to actually do something with them. One, one point of contention I did have with him, by the way, he is a very small Vader. Like Vader was visibly smaller with him in the suit. And I get it. Not everybody's got to be David Prowse, but come on, man. Can, like, can we put some shoulder pads on this guy and maybe buff him out and make him a little bit wider? Because he was a, he was a visibly smaller Vader to me. You guys got any thoughts on that? I didn't really notice you know, it. They, yeah. they, could have easily, they could have easily just put somebody else in the suit. He wanted to do it, though. He was pretty yeah. adamant that if I'm going to do this, I want to be I want to be in the suit. I want to be that character, which no problem. You, you've earned that, man. Yeah, there's a, there's enough camera tricks out there to be able to, uh, you know, make him look bigger than uh, bigger than what, what they did. But uh, it didn't take me out of it. I do. I didn't look at it and go like, oh, he looks like you're a little short for a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's a fairly tall dude. I want to say he's like yeah. six, two, six, four. He's just not a very wide guy. He's a very lean. Yeah. He's you look at Anakin Skywalker. He's a very lean built mm. dude. He's not a, he's not a monster like freaking David Prowse, who I believe was actually a bodybuilder. Yep. He was a professional bodybuilder, six six. Yep. So my man's got the height. He's just a, mm. a much more slender build than than Prowse was. Over the over the ages, Vader put on a few pounds. <laughs> My, I mean, you, my you, saw, you saw what five years did to uh, Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. We'll say, and, and yet again, another, another miss. It was really cool to see the, like the armor up scene. And I think it was episode two when, when they pull him out of the back to tank and you see mm-hmm. him basically get loaded into the armor. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Dave, Dave, you've read the comics. Why did he set up shop on Mustafar? That's like the second or third time that I've heard about that, the Vader's castle or fortress or whatever is on freaking Mustafar. And I have wanted to know that forever. And I thought I would get that here, but now they decided to gloss over that too. Has that been answered in the comics? Uh, I've I've read the first few. I believe in in lore, it has to do with the fact that that's basically where Vader was created. Yeah. You you get a choice as you you become a Sith Lord where you want to do it. And and, and typically – you're going to do it somewhere that, that has that kind of meaning to you, whether it be a place where you, you fought a, a great battle or, or someplace like that. But it's, I believe it's just because that's where, where Vader was created basically. Gotcha. All righty, fellas. Well, I've got no more parting shots on this. I think I've pretty well aired it out for, for my opinions and thoughts on this. Again, I'm, I'm going to give this one some time and maybe I'll go back in uh, six months or eight, nine months and, and give it another watch. And maybe I'll kind of warm to it a little bit more, but, 24 hours out, man. I, I stand by my butt-ass average C. I think that's what this was. It was a very forgettable Star Wars show, and I think there could be no more damning review of an Obi-Wan show than that. Any parting shots, last thoughts from you guys? Dave, I'll start with you. I know. I, I think I've left it on the table at this point in time. I, I, I did have some great, some, some very memorable moments uh, from the show, but uh, I'm, I'm sticking with my B. I, I, it was, overall, it was a decent show. Scott, how about you, man? Parting shots. Uh, 
just like just like anything else that uh, that gets put out, you know, whether it's in the Star Wars universe or the Marvel universe, um, I get to sit down and watch it with my daughter, and uh, and you know, and that's just fun to be able to connect generally generationally with um, somebody else to watch it because sure. um, it's 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 the forty five minutes of the live action, and then we sit around and talk about it for a little while. That's you know, cool. Theories and, and those other things. So for me, it's just as much as a, an excuse to spend time. Uh, good quality time, not staring in front of a phone uh, time with, uh, uh, w- with my kids. So I, uh, that's always a good thing. Heck yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, Scott, Dave, absolute pleasure to talk with you guys again, man. Let's, uh, let's not wait a year and a half or whatever it's been to, to do another one of these. We'll get you back at some point when we got something to talk about. We'll do this again. Yeah, we, like ride the we bike. Can, we can friend. always do anniversary shows. Those are those are nice. Absolutely, man. <laughs> so, well, folks, one more time, don't forget to check out our sponsors of the Dudes in Hyperspace podcast. That would be Chris Kennedy Publishing, who you can find at chriskennedypublishing.com and the International Association of Science Fiction and Fantasy Authors. You can find them online at iasfa.org. Both have newsletters. Sign up for them both because you get lots of cool stuff. If you want to support the show, then go do it. Uh, if you're listening to us on podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. A lot of those platforms will let you leave stars and reviews. Please do that because it helps to bump us up the rankings and help other people to find us youtubers like the show subscribe to the channel smash it hit it whatever whatever all those fun fancy terms are the kids use today go do those things on youtube because again helps to bump us up through the rankings and help other folks to find us so we'll be back next time with my usual guys rob and kevin thanks again to dave and scott and thanks to you the listeners we'll see you next time on the dudes in hyperspace podcast see ya see ya